How did a young Rod Peterson get a gig as the radio guy for the Rough Riders and launch a successful 20-year career? The first time they came to me with a job, I turned it down. Well, they hired a guy and he fell on his face. So they came back in 1999. I said, I don't want to do it. And they said, you're doing it. I'm like, I don't know anything about football. I didn't memorize it. I learned it. But it was stressful because I didn't really know football. But I could tell you what a hockey player's thinking. So when I walked away from the Riders, it was like, see ya. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show. It's hour two. We're coming in hot at your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show. We have a plethora of... Sorry, of NHL questions and comments coming in from our viewers. We'll get to those. Uh, some leftovers from the weekend. Don't we love the leftovers, particularly U.S. Thanksgiving leftovers? And um, let's bring in the moose right now. He is not in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. He is in the center of the world. Tarana, Ontario. And you got your hair looking good. You've got your dab Thank some you. shoe polish on it. It looks like you got some color in it, moose, do you? I did. Hey? Yeah, got it all crimped and proper. And- you know, a it, it, little different than being back home. So uh, I had to just step it up a little bit. Let's I get, get you. Good for you. Good for you. And say hey to all my friends uh, out and about on your travels today, They're all if you asking don't mind. About By the you. way, oh, I'm sure. All two of them. Hey, before we go any further, the go-to in the DuPont house. I know that this will not resonate with the Canadian viewers, but with the U.S. viewers, it will. We're, we're coming out of U.S. Thanksgiving amazing supper at Christie and Ethan's on Thursday night. I recounted that on Friday's show. I want to say sweet potato, however you want to do it, casserole, pie. I had both. That's the go-to for me. You got to have it all. But what, what, let's leave turkey out of it. What's the one side or dish at Thanksgiving that just wouldn't be the same if you didn't have it, in your opinion? This is easy. Easy. It is pierogies. With yeah. mushroom sauce. So mom makes these, mm. she makes her homemade pierogies. I think she said she's actually uh, making a, another uh, batch this week and freezing them. And then she makes this mushroom sauce where she cooks the mushrooms down all afternoon. It's a heavy cream sauce from scratch and you pour it over the, the pierogies and it is, if we don't have it at Christmas and Thanksgiving and Easter, the meal is ruined. So uh, well, slam dunk. I'll expect my invite. And I got to dust off my, I haven't cooked for quite some time, but I'm, I'm feeling the pressure because everybody around me can cook. So I, I, got, I got a few specialties too. Um, and, and by the way, they were asking me when I got storm stayed, the Floridians were asking me, how was your trip to Canada? And I said, well, I got storm stayed at my brother's. You know, I hit a patch of ice. I hit the ditch. No damage to the vehicle, thankfully, but I had to spend some time with my brother a couple days. And I can you, I never told you this. I went to Walmart in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, and I bought a do it yourself football Sunday snack kit. And it was Tostito scoops, stag chili, and, you know, some cheese, Tex Mex cheese. I get to my brother's. He's like, oh, you can have that yourself. I don't eat chili. I'm like, who doesn't eat chili, you psycho? How about the farmer? And rancher? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And his wife goes, well, there might be a kidney bean in it. So he won't eat it. I'm oh, like, oh, no. Kidney beans aren't from actual kidneys, Lee. They're just shaped like kidneys. They're beans. Won't eat it. Won't touch it. <laughs> Can you? Psycho. Okay. So, but. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'll sympathize with your brother a little bit because when I was younger, mom would make chili like that and she puts kidney beans. I would pick them out, the kidney beans, because I thought they were bad. And it's only now, you know, as an adult, I eat them like they're, they just taste like beans. They're just beans. They're just ah. different shape. Yeah. John um, um, says, Rod, you must be able to barbecue in Florida, dude. Yeah, but I don't have a range or a grill. And that is on the list. That's on the list of things to buy. Just there's just so many other things that have come up, and yeah, I have so that is my specialty, and it's cool. Um, our poll question today for Capital Automall is which is Canada's best NHL team today? Clark, can you tell me what they're saying on YouTube? It was the Jets at one time, right? Has it changed? Still, hey, 53% saying on YouTube it's the Winnipeg Jets, Toronto number two. That's not a shock. Edmonton. And Calgary kind of hit the skids of late. Really loving the hockey talk here on the RP show. Um, and hey, I, I'll get to your question. I said there was a ton that have come in. Jim Lang's coming up the next segment. For some reason, this is where my brain gets overloaded every day on this show. Right at this time, you could set your watch by it. We were saying starting tomorrow, we're going to start a bracket challenge that will run us probably for the next couple months for the best NHL retro reverse jersey because I've had enough <laughs> belly aching from people about what who is our great and who's our bad. And, and like I say, the real sports people don't even talk about this stuff, but I get that the fans do, so I'll allow it. I'm on record, I'm on record as saying the LA Kings is the best. White base with the crown and gold and purple trim. What's your favorite retro reverse Darren, you can include your own team if you want, but who is it? Yeah, you know, I actually think it's the Leafs for me. I really like it. No, ah, you can't say your own team. You can't you say your said. own team. Oh, I thought you just said no. I could say the Leafs. But, I, you I know, I did say you that, could. I changed my mind. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Um, there's so many that I like. Um, I'm a big fan of Vancouver's. I know you're not. Pick I'm a one. a big fan of theirs. So I'm going to go with Vancouver's and the, and the Johnny Canuck. You hot damn. I'm a fan. Good for you. But that just, you know, that just shows you the difference in our tastes. <laughs> yeah. Oddly enough, I like the glitz and you like the, that's kind of a plain jersey. You have to admit. It is classic. Yeah. Plain, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Fair. Um, we'll come around to uh, Saturday's Vanier Cup and what the heck was the final? 30 24? Is that what it ended up? I think. Yeah, I believe I that was the final score in that game, yeah. Uh, Allie in Texas says, Darren's hair is always on point. Which you know, but I'm sure you, who know, whoever gets tired of getting compliments. Thank you, So, Allie. yeah, she's pointing that out. Um, B. Henderson writes in and says, Rod, what's your take on Hellebuck getting run the other night? Rod, what's your take on that Dallas goal Friday with Helly down and out without a mask? Well... I'm, this is my opinion, and that's not to say it's right. He was leaning out of the net, following the play, if you will, and the forward come around and hit him and knocked his net. Wh what are you asking? That the, hurt, that the penalty, it should have been a penalty? Or that it was dirty? Because it wasn't technically in the crease. And I'm always going to stand up for the goalies, but I'm assuming you saw the clip, Darren. I had to have run yes. ad nauseum on Canadian television. Um, it was not intentional. There's no way it was intentional. Two, 
I don't like the rule. And referees that are watching, you tell me if they, I think it's they don't blow, blow the play dead immediately if a goalie loses his mask, which is atrocious. It's hideous. That's the devil came up with that rule. But in that situation, there was no intent. Spit happens, and I don't mind a goalie getting hit once in a while if he's outside the crease. That's just, I don't think they should get a, go outside the crease. And I know he wasn't going out to play the puck. He was leaning outside, but it was an incidental spit happens play. Spit happens. Yeah. No, it was. What do you think? And I think, and I think the issue, and, and Hellebuck came out and talked about it and was very eloquent with it, and it's causing a lot of debate. Well, not really a lot of debate, but just bringing it up. It's about the whistle being blown. I think the goaltender interference is a separate conversation. Um, yeah. And I think it's about the whistle being blown. Hellbuck said, you know what? If the motion continues, like if the helmet comes off and the motion continues, like the shot is in motion, the puck goes in the net, okay. But if, it's, but if it doesn't, blow the play dead immediately and stop play. They allowed play to continue. The puck ended up in the net. And it probably should have been blown dead because the goaltender didn't have his helmet on. That's a problem. And I think we're on the same page there. I, we are. Um, but Derek Richards writes in. Derek Richards says, that's the issue. No mask. Stop the play. Uh, hang on. I'm, I'm trying to, <laughs> the questions are all over the place here. The rule, as I understand it, is that if a goalie loses his mask, the play continues. And that's what happened. So that's what I saw what happened the other night. So they called it by the book. If it needs to be changed, which I'd like to see it change, it's ridiculous to think that a goalie should have to play without his mask if it gets knocked off. But that's the rule. And we could go around and around and around on this for days. It really bothers me when this comes up because in any of I don't like talking about officiating because there's human error a and B the way some of these rules are written are dumb to begin with. <laughs> so I don't think they got it wrong in any case. I don't imagine if the jets had lost my God, there'd be a riot. At mm-hmm. least they won the game. Um, switching gears, by the way, Jeff in Oregon says I live in Oregon and I don't care about the jerseys. I read that earlier. You probably saw that. What a big game involving Oregon on the weekend. Uh, from Sean in BC, he says, great, Vanier Cup. Who was that play-by-play guy? Quote, like a linebacker on a cheeseburger, was his best comment of the broadcast. LOL. We do have quite a few comments have come in about that. So this is for our U.S. viewers and audience and listeners. This is the Canadian Football Championship. They televise one game a year on national television. Correct, Darren? I don't even think That's the right. Mitchell Bowl and UTech Bowl were on Sportsnet. Just one game a year of university football is on national television. It's the Vanier Cup. At least they got one. And we all watched it, and it was a tremendous football game in London, Ontario. And I believe it was 30-24 Laval, which is Quebec City, beat the Saskatchewan Huskies. Uh, My best friend's son quarterbacks the Saskatchewan Huskies. Soul-crushing. Back-to-back losses in the national championship for the Saskatchewan Huskies. They played a good enough game, but they've... They made too many mistakes, probably more mistakes than Laval did. That's one. Number two, Mark Lee, who's a really good friend of mine, called the game, and I thought he did a tremendous job. If you noticed, his voice was shot, it was gone, and I'm like, ah. Oh. This guy used to do Hockey Night in Canada, Grey Cups, did them all. Now he does bull, bull riding, and I don't know what else he does. <laughs> um, but, and he just, just 
a really iconic delivery, great play-by-play guy. We're watching the game, and I said, CBC, they didn't forget how to do football. They made it look really good, don't you? Like the the, the game was oh, good. Yeah. The telecast was amazing. Why they don't do more, I don't know. And it, I I say this too when when play by play happens, it's not as much about the details of the game and getting everything right all the time. Sometimes it's about the voice and the personality. And when Mark Lee comes on the broadcast, it instantly adds this national credibility to the game, to the broadcast, this familiarity. And people take notice, and all of a sudden, university football is a bigger deal in Canada because he's on the call. With that Olympic, CBC, um, CFL, Hockey Night in Canada voice, that stuff matters. And he did a great job. From Dave, texting in on the 902 line in Niagara Falls, Ontario, says, First time watcher. Very nice interview with Bernie. I will definitely keep watching. Love the CFL and the Maple Leafs. How about that? I got to spend a minute. Darren sent me the top 10. Thank you. Yeah, Darren sent me the list of top 10 cities by region for viewership and listenership of the program. I didn't put it in my weekend column, but I will because I don't think it'll change, Darren, over the next week. Thank you for sending that. Um, What the Canadian viewers come for here, they tell me, is what he just said, right? NHL talk and CFL talk. And what I'm getting from the U.S. viewers is they, listen, so we're on the radio in Georgia. We're airing out of South Florida. Believe me, they've got the Bulldogs and the Yellow Jackets and the Hurricanes covered. It's covered. You know what I mean? They don't need these two idiots yammering on about the same stuff everybody else here is talking about. You know what I mean? It's different. So they really love the NHL talk here on this program, which incidentally tonight, for all those that have just tuned in for hour two, here are your games. Toronto with Detroit just makes me salivate. It gives me tingles mm-hmm. in the National Hockey League. Toronto with Detroit, it still does. This is still a special thing, isn't it? Which reminds me, you talk about Mark Lee's voice. I got it just before we left Calgary. And incidentally, we spent half our time in Calgary, Alberta doing the show from the Great Eagle Resort and Casino, live before a live audience. And people there have said to me just near the end, it took us a long time to get people aware of what we were doing. People were walking up to me going, you got a great show. You bring on broadcasters. They speak well. They have something to say. They're riveting. And I'm thinking, that's how this show stands apart from the others because we still bring on broadcasters. We don't just grab somebody and throw them on the air because it's that easy which in America they don't do. They have all the inclusive diversity diversity hirings, but they're good. A lot of Canadian networks can't say that. And that's where I think this show stands out in a lot of ways. Tonight, Vegas at Columbus, also in the National Hockey League. We'll come back around on those jerseys too, reverse retro jerseys. New Jersey Devils are at the Rangers. Some of these reverse retros, I'm like, did you even try? With a design. Tampa Bay at Buffalo. Dallas. Oh. There's our hot. Dude. Hot. They're at the Blues. Hot. I don't like the Blues. I turned them on the other day. I thought I was watching Sweden. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with Sweden, but. Uh, when I was at my brother's farmhouse the other day, I was rifling through his kitchen cabinets trying to make myself a coffee. 
and saw all my dad's old Dallas Stars mugs with that old logo on it. Cool. And I was cool. like, oh, man, how do I get this back to Florida? I didn't, yeah. okay? I didn't. And uh, Florida at Edmonton tonight, and I'll be staying up to watch that game now. I really have a reason because I'll be on NHL radio tomorrow, Sirius XM NHL radio, talking about the Florida Panthers. Hashtag time to hunt. Monday night football tonight. It's the Steelers at the Colts. NBA, Atlanta Hawks. Here come the Hawks at Philadelphia. Battle of 11 and 9 teams. And the Raptors are home to Cleveland. Moose, I understand you're out, so you enjoy. You go have a great Toronto day, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. You bet. Enjoy your day. The Moose is in Toronto. We're in South Florida. When we come back, we'll be talking NFL with our foremost NFL expert, Jim Clubber Lang. It's the RP Show. We are live on Game Plus Television. If you're a new viewer, send us a note, 902-518-3033. If you're a new listener in Georgia, send us a note on that number, 902-518-3033. We're also live on YouTube and the key, WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. New York Fries is a proud member of the Calgary community. And to give back, they're hosting free public skating opportunities at ice rinks around Calgary. Open to families and the general public in support for Kids Sport Calgary. Visit FamilySkateYYC.com for a full list of times and locations. Presented by New York Fries. Oh, they are dancing in the streets here in South Florida. Maybe not specifically there in the Florida Keys, but the Dolphins, big winners over the Houston Texans, 30-15. to And the Dolphins are on a roll in a playoff spot as we sit here right now. Um, by the way, we're just talking, bringing in our viewers. Where the heck is it? Ryland in Seattle writes in. He says, I come here for the NHL and WHL talk. Why I always show up. You guys always do great. Thank you, Ryland in Seattle. I appreciate that. Let's open here with Jim Lang, our good and longtime friend. He is such a great dude. Hey, Jimbo, what's up, brother? How was your weekend? My weekend was great, Rod. Thank you for asking. And before we get into the NFL, but can I say something about the Vanier Cup that has bothered me for yeah. years as a, as, a, as a fan of sports in Canada, a promoter of Canadian sports, and a broadcaster? 
how come I can bet in every sport in the world, around the world, on ProLine and all the betting apps? I cannot bet in the Vanier Cup. I can't bet on the Canadian University Championship. I can't bet on the Memorial Cup, and I cannot bet in the Briar. Why is that? I thought the exact same thing. <laughs> Specifically because, about I, the Vanier Cup. Yeah. Because in Canadian television and radio, for your, your viewers and, and listeners who don't understand, we have strict rules about CanCon in this country. You have to broadcast so much of your day, it has to be Canadian content, or you're not allowed to broadcast. So how is it that all these betting apps and ProLine, a Canadian betting organization, can just put European, international, and American sports on there, and you can't bet on some of the biggest Canadian sporting events? I've never understood how they could get away with that. Well, we will put this to our exclusive betting partner, Bet Regal. I know that you can bet on major junior hockey at Bet Regal, and I never thought about well, laying bets for the Memorial Cup. So we will look into it, absolutely. And listen, Bet Regal would be more than happy to turn a portion of the proceeds to you sports. Believe me, they would. And what a fantastic broadcasting game. Like I say, CBC knows how to do football. They haven't forgotten, Jim. That was a great telecast well, from London. Well, I mean, and Mark Lee, I mean, you and I both know him. He's been doing it for well over 35 years i mean he played cis football and he was a quarterback once upon a time but i mean he's done it all he's what you call a professional and when you have a professional broadcast and professional announcers all of a sudden people look at you know this the vanier cup and the the production values go oh that's big time yeah of course it's big time because if you give it a big time production you get big time results and and i i guess from a, a sports fan and sports broadcasting a point of view i just i just think as a, as a nation we need to invest a little money into our own product whether it's women's sports male sports amateur pro it, not enough of it, it's too much of it is let's just pay the lowest price get a darts competition or a, a ncaa division three football game and it's cheaper and let's throw on the air and that's our content well that's well that's not good enough yeah, well, you understand too, though this business that as we can, our business people will tell you with the RP show, the sponsors are like NFL. They don't, you know what I mean? They don't want to spend the yeah, money I, on the amateur stuff. It's just a fact. I, I, I get it. I, I guess, I guess it bothers me because I see what NCAA sports and the relationship with the NCAA, which is not always great, but the organization and the networks and radio and television and broadcasting and. I'm never going to suggest that it should be at that level, but we should have a little bit of it in Canada. Like there's all, except like you said, except for the one game, it doesn't exist. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So to Monday night football. And I loved Jimmy Johnson was on the radio down here last week, not ripping, but criticizing the hiring of Jeff Saturday. His Colts are up against the Steelers tonight. The Colts one and one under Jeff Saturday, never coached it down before replacing Frank Wright in Indianapolis. How do you feel about that whole situation and how it may unfold? I understand why Jim Irsay would do it because of his longstanding relationship with Jeff Saturday. And Jeff Saturday always already was like a consultant to Jim Irsay throughout the season. But think about Jimmy Johnson's path to the NFL. Uh, a graduate assistant out of Arkansas. So oh, yeah. basically barely making enough to feed himself as a coach working long hours and then working along the way, all these different stops. So before he even started coaching in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys, he had coached well over 20 years at every level at 
uh, a position coach, a coordinator, a head coach, and had proven himself time and time again. And, and you heard Bill Cowher's emotional speech in CBS Sports NFL because think you think about the coaches. There are the unsung heroes of sports, especially assistant coaches, and they toil away in, obs- in obscurity for years and years and years to get a chance to be a coordinator and then hopefully become like a Robert Sala uh, who's become an up-and-coming head coach with the Jets. But that takes years of paying your dues. So I think in the coaching fraternity, they're like, are you kidding me? Jeff Saturday just walked off there. I mean, even Doug Peterson, the coach of the Jags, when he left the NFL, he paid his dues as an assistant working his way up before he became a head coach. He just wasn't just handed a head coaching job. Yeah. Well, listen, <laughs> I get it. And um, by the way, Corey is watching in Tallahassee, Florida, from the Hockey Club podcast. And he says, Jim Lang, such a great guest. And uh, Arlen Bruce is chiming in with his thoughts on Patrick Mahomes as the MVP. I think we would all agree with that. But just you mentioned Doug Peterson and the Jags. Henry Burris is the quarterback's coach with the Jaguars. Look what Trevor Lawrence is doing. You can't tell me Henry hasn't done great things. And I'm sure that with tr- Trevor Lawrence, and I'm sure there's a lot of coaches going, damn it, Henry walked right off the field and into that job. CFL coaches especially, but I would say this. Life sucks. It's hard. Wear a helmet. Nobody cares. Hey, uh, all I know is the proof is in the pudding in Jacksonville on what Doug Peterson's building with his coaching staff with a guy like Henry Burris. And what Trevor Lawrence has done, he he's done a 180. He, he was on his way to becoming a Jamarcus Russell the year before under the, the, the debacle of the coaching staff. And it shows the impact of a head coach and a good coordinator. And you've seen what's happened with Trevor Lawrence and his confidence and the plays they've made. If, if you understand, like I'm still a believer, all the X's and O's and all the professionalism, there is a bond in a locker room and football, in sports. Uh, with coaches and players that is beyond money and fame and all that. And if you look at the reaction to uh, the Jaguars and Doug Peterson and how that team and the coaches and players reacted to that win yesterday, you understand that it's more than just money at that point. It's the competitions playing. It's that, that brotherhood and, and all those people uh, like from the equipment staff and everything working together, putting in the hours, and then getting results they did. And they, the, the Jags are like, they're, they're making steps. And yet Trevor Lawrence wasn't as good as he was in the NCAA by accident. He's a special talent. And now he's got the coaches and people around him to, to groom him and make him good. I mean, Henry Burris was with the Chicago Bears once upon a time. Henry Burris yeah. has been in pro sports for a long time, a pro football for a long time, and has been around some great coaches and coordinators. So I'm sure he's learned a thing or two. And I, and I know Henry Burris well enough to say that he's a, a smart man who has probably absorbed everything like a sponge and is imparting it on Trevor Lawrence. I mean, the Jags are one of those teams where they, they're going to probably pick up a few more wins this year. But going into the offseason, another draft, another free agency, and Doug Peterson building and building what he has, then you start looking at them in 2023 going, hmm, the Jags are going to be a team I don't think a lot of people want to play. Yeah. And, uh, well, in the case of Henry Burst, he would be successful at anything he put his mind to. Anything. Uh, that's just the kind anything. of guy that Henry is. I, I'm going to have to push the viewer comments to the next segment, although Arlen Bruce checks in every day, and I love him. You know, A.B., I think you called his games with the Argos. I He's did. He's like, ARP show, great morning. I have Patrick Mahomes for MVP, Chiefs in the Super Bowl. He says, also, football should be played on grass. In my opinion, all pro football stadiums should have grass fields only. 
You know, well, I believe I know why they don't. How do you feel about that comment from AB? First of all, AB is what you call a consummate professional in football. If, if more teams had guys like AB, they'd be more successful because of the way he approached the game on and off the field. Because that's just the kind of guy he was. There's not an accident why he had the career he is. Patrick Mahomes right now, to me, is the MVP. I mean, it's been phenomenal what he's done this year with the Chiefs. But the grass thing, of course, in a perfect world, they would. But these stadiums are used for so many different things. And they basically, they've turned field turf into the new grass. And they've tried to sell that. It's not AstroTurf. It's not grass. But it's durable and doesn't get chewed up as much. And I, and I know with the in, in coaches talk about U.S. Thanksgiving, and that's when real football starts. But that's when the real nasty weather starts with rain and snow and sleet and mud. And those fields get chewed up horribly. And this way, there's less damage to the field and less chance of you know players getting hurt, quite frankly, when a field gets that money and that chewed up. So I, I, I mean, if everyone played in Tampa and everyone played in some of those climates like Arizona, where it has the field that slides out, um, it would be grass. But I mean, Dallas has got filter. I mean, because it makes sense for their stadium and a lot of stadiums just because of maintenance costs and everything. That's that's what they've done. And unfortunately, the players often suffer for it. I believe it's 90 percent maintenance costs, 10 percent. They've done the studies and said there are less injuries on field turf, although I think that's coming around and changed. I think those numbers were skewed because more fields now have them. There's now more injuries on them. Paul, Paul Jefferson watching on YouTube says, quote of the day, life sucks. Wear a helmet. It's not mine. <laughs> it, came from one of, it came from one of our sponsors, Cam from Bronco Plumbing and Heating. It's his. Tell him, folks, we're talking about him. Hey, uh, Jim's staying with us for two segments, and I appreciate that. In the time we have left here, which is three minutes, how about these Atlanta Falcons? Every team in the NFC South has a losing record. Every team. Yeah. Who do you think will win it? And are the Falcons better than even they'd hoped or planned to be this year? Well, I, I, if I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan and I see what Arthur Smith has done with my team, I'm like, finally, I have a team with an identity. They, they, they play tougher football than they're used to. Atlanta, their big problem for years was they got flashy offense, they got great skilled players, but they're just not a mentally, physically tough team. Look at the 28-3 loss in the Super Bowl as Exhibit A. And Arthur Smith is building something. Now, uh, I mean, full credit to... What is happening with Ron Rivera and the Washington Commanders for winning that game? That's not being talked about enough, what Ron Rivera's done with the Commanders this year. So no shame in losing to them. But the Falcons, I've been so impressed with them. Like, that's one of those teams, again, it used to be, uh, Atlanta, you know. I mean, they may beat us, but we're not going to be beat up physically. But this year, you're going to get beat up. And if you're going to beat them, you're going to pay a stiff price. And right now, in the NFC South, it is such a mess, especially with Tom Brady, the Buccaneers, losing in Cleveland, that Jacoby Brissett in overtime of the Browns yesterday. It is kind of wide open. And it's not a slam dunk that the Buccaneers are going to win the division at all. And if you're Arthur Smith and the Falcons, you probably are saying, guys, why not us? I mean, why not? And I just just think this is, I look at Atlanta, like I look at the Jaguars, like it's it's a team that's building towards something that they're realistically they're not going to do anything this year. But again, you look at what they have as a foundation this year. Go into the offseason, draft around what you have, and look at free agency like you have. And then next year, it all breaths off because who knows what's happening with Brady in the offseason or the Buccaneers. And to me, the NFC South is completely wide open this year and next year. Absolutely. 
Uh, Jim's nice enough to stick with us for one more segment. So any questions you have for him, NFL, Leafs, we can talk a little Argos, whatever you want, fire him at us in the break. We'll be right back. Thanks, Jim. It's the RP Show. We are live on Game Plus Television across all 10 provinces and 31 states. YouTube live and on the radio in Metro Atlanta, WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You can reach us at 902-518-3033. Canada's foremost NFL expert, Jim Lang, is with us today. And there are a ton of questions for Jim. A lot of them, while they do uh, refer to the National Hockey League and the, uh, our poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center, and it is, who is Canada's best NHL team right now? Maybe before I delve back into viewer questions, how would you answer that? Jim, can you take take your Leafs cap off for a second and look at it? Or do you think it is the Leafs, the number one team in Canada right now? Statistically, they are. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You know, there's so much hand-wringing about the Leafs and Leafs Nation and so much stress and anxiety. But every once in a while, someone has to be pointed out, like, look at their record. They've, they've got 13 wins, and they are missing their top three defensemen. And um, I, I still think Calgary is a special hockey team. and. And before all is said yeah. and done, they're probably going to be dangerous in the second half. I still don't know why Edmonton, with all that talent, can't be a consistent winner. I, to me, it's a major disappointment. I like to see Winnipeg doing well. It's good for hockey to me, Winnipeg doing well. But, yeah, I mean, look, at if, if the Leafs had at least one of their top three defensemen back, they'd be even better. They lost their top three defensemen and have gone on a bit of a winning streak. And, you know, Sheldon Keefe and Kyle Dubas are under a lot of pressure in Toronto to finally do something, but there's been a lot of silence about the naysayers when after the news about Morgan Riley's knee injury and he's gone a minimum 10 games and then they win three games in a row. So, hey, that's, they're doing something right. They're, I mean, it can be argued whether the, the best Canadian team in the NHL, I kind of think it's, they're not, but they're awfully close and they're playing very respectable. I wish they had more cap room and I'm sure Kyle Dubas does because they're very limited on what they can do, but maybe just maybe by the deadline, they'll have enough room to make a move. And they definitely need a defenseman come the deadline. There are uh, a lot of questions and comments have come in here from junior hockey enthusiasts about Connor Bedard and the top prospects for this upcoming draft. And, uh, what do you have thoughts? Well, we can address that here. If you, I was going to push it to the next, do you have thoughts on that? I just, Every time I see a Connor Bedard highlight, I'm like, this is not, this is unnatural. This is like something we saw with Connor McDavid and Sidney Crowd. This is once every 10 year type of play. And it's not just the production and the numbers, it's the style and the, the, the way he scores the goals and the way he goes about playing hockey. It's, he's a generational player. And I know they created the draft lottery to prevent tanking because if they didn't have the draft lottery, there's a half dozen teams in NHL that would be dressing a glorified beer league team so they could get Connor Bedard because he's that good. He is. He's unbelievable. You got to see him live. Um, but the question from is Todd and Red Deer. He goes, I know that Connor Bedard's a clear cut number one. Is there a big drop off to number two? He might Ooh, not so, even no, I, I, go number I, one. I, <laughs> go ahead. 
I don't know. Yeah, I'm at. You're, I mean, I've just I've spent a lot of time studying Connor Bedard. I I can't honestly answer that question to your viewer because no, I don't no, no, know. it's fine. I honestly don't know. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Matvey Mishkov. If you haven't heard the name, you will. Out of Russia, he wasn't able to play in the World Juniors last year because Russia wasn't oh. in the World Juniors. They he's right, right, right. there. They're like each other's okay. nemesis. <laughs> They've had a battle for years, even though they're only seventeen. And then Adam Fentilli, I don't mind saying who it is. My brother keeps sending me highlights of Adam Fentilli from the University of Mich- Michigan, who is an American-born player, and he's like, but I'd better watch out. This kid is breathing down his neck. Adam Fentilli from Michigan. And then Zach Benson, who's like, if I love Bedard, I really, really, really love Zach Benson. He's been on this show. He's scoring the game winners every night for Winnipeg in multi-goal games. So this is an unbelievable draft this year for the National Hockey League. It's in Nashville, and I feel like we should probably be at it with the RP show. And obviously, I've been following Connor's career uh, since he was 14. It's the first time that he was on this show. Um, Derek Richards writes in, he says, wherever Bernard goes, that team won't have a supporting talent to make that team good. That's true, but you got to you gotta start somewhere. Look at the Penguins. That's how they get the number one overall pick. They were terrible. The Oilers were terrible when they got McDavid. The Leafs were bad when they got Matthews. The Penguins were bad when they got Sidney Crosby. Do you not agree, Jim? That's sports. I mean, that's how yeah. teams are rebuilt. And every, every pro sport, you, you want your top pick to rebuild. That is how a pro sports team rebounds from the basement to try to become a championship slash playoff caliber team is you draft well. It's up to the team. Like you've lost. You've got the right to draft first, second, or third. It's up to you and your staff to scout properly and make the proper pick. So if you draft well, then you're going to, you know, bear the fruits of your rewards because you're drafting well. That's like in any sport. So absolutely. And, And I think history has shown teams that historically draft poorly are bad teams. I mean, I'm a Raiders fan. It was a great win yesterday. (laughs) But in the last 10 years, there are, I think, only one of their top, number one picks, one of their first-round draft picks, actually stayed a few years. The rest of them were all bust. I mean, that's part of the problem with the Raiders. You're drafting your first-round pick, and they can't even become a regular starter in the NFL. That, That You can't win in any sport when that kind of drafting has happened. And, and if you look at, and I love looking back at old drafts, Rod, and other sports, you can see teams that draft historically well are really good. And for years, everyone talked about the Red Wings. What did they do? They spent a lot of money scouting in Finland and Sweden and Russia and drafted a ton of great players from those areas and built through the draft. And those were all fourth, fifth, sixth round draft wow. picks, those European picks, and they all turned out to be legends of the game. The best teams have the best owners that understand the product is the players so the money goes into the scouting because that's if you don't have good scouting then you don't have good players and you don't have anything and i'll never forget the golden uh, state warriors owner i don't know his name but before they drafted steph curry and draymond green you might have seen this clip jim he was out at center court in golden state in oakland or San Francisco, whatever it is, addressing the crowd and apologizing for how yeah. bad they were. And he got, there was so much garbage pelting him that he got, yeah, yeah, like forced off the floor. Do you remember that? And then they end up drafting Absolutely. Chicago Blackhawks. Where were they before Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves? Although they all drafted high end picks. Before they drafted Taves and Kane, they were drawing eight, 9,000 a night in an 18, 19,000 yes. seat arena. That's where they were. And they were not on local TV. 
So you couldn't watch him on local TV in the Chicago area, and you could get a ticket like when you bought groceries. So, so then they drafted a couple Hall of Fame caliber players and built around them, and oh, they started winning Stanley Cups. You can't get a ticket in Chicago. What a shock! You know, I mean, that's oh, and, I mean yeah. th- that that's been part of the problem for a lot of teams that you wonder why a certain team, you know, insert name here, why do they struggle? How come they can never play well, and how come they don't win? Look at their drafts and look at other player personnel. If you can't find players, whether it's through the draft or through free agency at a good price and get the talent, you can't win. To me, the 49ers in the NFL are a great example. They have drafted well. Nick Bosa, great draft pick. They went and got Christian McCaffrey as a as a trade. And I mean, I, the 49ers are scary good. They've given up 10 points in two weeks. They've won four games in a row. Kyle Shanahan has to feel good about himself. And I don't know anyone that wants to play the 49ers in the NFC. That is a potentially dangerous team going to the end of the season and the postseason. Why? Last question. Why do they keep trying to push Jimmy Garoppolo off the field for Trey Lance? I know they can't now because Trey's hurt, but why? 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 I, I, I go back to they traded up for Trey Lance. They spent all the time and money researching. Like, this is the future. And I think there's a face-saving aspect to this, Rod, where they basically mortgage their future and put their chips in. So Trey Lance is going to be the next, insert the name here. But we've seen no evidence that Trey Lance is no. Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. We, there's been no evidence of that or Josh Allen. I mean, so Jimmy Garoppolo, for all his faults, will play good enough to keep you in the game, do what Kyle Shanahan says. They've got a great defense. They've got some great talent, and they find ways to win. It's You can win if you have a decent quarterback when the rest of the team around you is that well coached and that talented, and we're seeing that in San Francisco with the 49ers right now. But, I mean, Trey Lance has got a long way to go, a long way before you can even mention his name into any of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. So why sure. they keep trying to push him out, I, I don't know, Rod, but I think it's the fact that they've invested so much in the Trey Lance and they're trying to make sure to, to prove that, hey, we, we were right all along. Well, it's not like John Lynch is an idiot either, by the way, or Kyle Shanahan, no, but it's no. like as long as you're winning, leave Jimmy in there. He won playoff games last year. I watched the Dallas game. Until yeah, Trey's ready, yeah. why, why rush him? But anyways, Jim, this has been awesome, my dude. Keep in touch and keep Thank being you. you. Uh, Rod, to you and everyone, in case I miss it, happy holidays and all the best. How about that? Thanks, man. We better talk before that, but <laughs> happy holidays. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Canada's, Canada's foremost NFL insider, Jim Clubberlang, uh, joining us from the Big Smoke, Hogtown, Dot. We've got viewer takeover coming up next. We'll answer what's left of your questions. It is the RP Show, and you are consuming on Game Plus TV. YouTube Live and WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It is the Overtime segment brought to you by the Four Seasons Sports Palace. And the great freak over there, your home of the UFC and the National Football League. I don't know where Kevin the Medium went, our guy Kevin the Medium. Um, sometimes he'll tell me that, well, I haven't heard from him for a while on the feed here. He says that we've, there's random spirits and souls around you, Rod. I've got to clear them out of there for you. They cause internet problems. And I've had Wi-Fi problems. But we're almost done, Kevin, so I don't think you need to clear them now. We good. Boy, did people perk up when the name Connor Bedard came up. It's unbelievable, man, what this kid means to the hockey community and the world. I feel like we, we got to go to the draft, Moose. We got to be there in Nashville. It's been a while since we've been there together. Um, sports update on this Monday in the NHL tonight. The Edmonton Oilers welcome Matthew Kachuk and the Florida Panthers. A former Calgary Flame, but Kachuk is back in Alberta for the first time since being traded to Florida in the offseason. He's set to make his Calgary home coming on Tuesday. I'll be talking about the Panthers tonight, uh, about tonight's game, tomorrow morning on Sirius XM NHL Radio, 10.15 a.m. Eastern with Scott Laughlin. Thank you, Scott, for the invite. Now i got to stay up and watch the game. going to be a late one. Elsewhere tonight, the Toronto Maple Leafs close a four-game road trip in Detroit. The Western Hockey League announced official Jeff Ingram has been honored with the WHL Milestone Award. Ingram was recognized in a special ceremony prior to Sunday's game between the Portland Winterhawks and Vancouver Giants. The Langley BC product skated in his first WHL regular season game in 09-10, has worked more than 650 regular season games alongside 99 playoff games. Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers will undergo more medical tests today to determine the severity of a rib injury that forced him out of last night's 40-33 loss to Philly. Green Bay coach Matt LaFleur said it's too early to determine if the reigning NFL MVP will be healthy enough to play Sunday against Chicago. This sports update for Ballers Rec Room, located in the heart of the Dudney Strip, for the Tap Brew House and Drive Through Liquor Store, and for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. I had those Wi-Fi problems, so I restarted my computer, and by so doing, got out of the text messages from the 902 line. So if you can give me a second, I'll load them back up again. It's 2022. They come in via computer, if you can believe. The text messages. Last minute of play in the RP show. Before I go for lunch with my buddy Chris from Albany, who owes me, uh, David is watching where he, Winnipeg. Hi, Rod and Moose. I'm a huge Winnipeg Jets fan. Pump the brakes on the Stanley Cup parade. This team still makes too many mistakes. They're lucky that Hellepuck is playing at a Vezina level. With average goaltending, they would definitely be below 500. Still need to clean up their D zone play. Right on all accounts, but they still spanked Chicago last night 7-2, and they're hot. Uh, Jeff in Oregon says, WHL Talk hooked me on this show. First time I was flipping through the channels and said to myself, is this guy really talking about the WHL? Yes, he really is. It's really his favorite league. Zoom. Can you hear? See you tomorrow. Noon Eastern. Time for some PDQ chicken.
How about that? Who has more fun than us? <laughs>